0: Okay. We are in a sermon, not a sermon, but a series entitled the supernatural kingdom. And we're bringing it to you in sermon form from our Sunday morning services here at New Hope Christian Church in Swansea, Massachusetts. We like to present a different format every once in a while. And I think you'll get a lot out of it. Today we're going to look at kingdom life. If you're a Christian and a follower of Jesus, what does your life look like? How do we live? in God's kingdom. I'll tell you what, it's very different from living in the kingdom of the world. Oh yeah, there's a stark contrast between the two. So let's buckle up, let's get ready, and let's really dive into what it means to live in kingdom life. Well, if you have ever traveled, whether in this country or to a foreign land, you probably had to make some preparations for the experience. You had to learn The culture, what's it like in this place that I'm going to? What are the people like? Maybe you have to learn the laws to make sure you don't break any laws. You know, in in some countries, they have it backwards. They drive on the other side of the road. Where'd that come from? I don't know. you got to learn how to drive on the right side of the road. you got to learn about the foods. What kind of food do they eat? Is that something that you want to really do and something that you're looking forward to? Maybe the clothing. What kind of clothing do I need? What's the weather like where I'm going? How do they dress? Do I have to dress warm? Do I dress cool? What's moral to them? What's not moral to them? And, of course, the language, if you travel out of the country, what language do they speak? Do I know that language? Can I get around? So all of these things, if we're prepared, they make our experience much more pleasurable. Now, we began a series a couple of weeks ago, and I want to thank Pastor Ron and Glenn for filling in. They always do a great job when I'm not here. Thank you guys for that. So two weeks ago, we began a series, The Supernatural Kingdom. And we noted that the supernatural kingdom is the kingdom of God. It's God's kingdom because God is supernatural. That's why. And we noted how to get into the kingdom. It takes a supernatural birth to get into the supernatural kingdom. And, you know, we, we mentioned how sad it is that most people in the world don't know that. And they're trying all kinds of ways to get into the kingdom of God. None of them work. It takes a supernatural birth to get into the supernatural kingdom. And that supernatural birth takes place at the moment of faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. And the Holy Spirit comes in and makes us alive. He regenerates us and he makes us alive to God. And our time together today, now that we know how to get into the kingdom, oh, how do we live in the kingdom? What is kingdom life like? I'm going to break it down today. It's just a three Simple major aspects of kingdom life. Just three. If you can get these three down, you're going to do okay. So really, let's try to pay attention. Number one, the first major aspect of kingdom life is what is love in the kingdom? What is love like in the kingdom of God? Well, there are several Greek words for love in the New Testament. There's the word phileo, which is love for a friend. Friendship love. There's storge, which is love for your family, family members. There's eros, which is a passionate love for a spouse. There's philagora. That's, well, love of money. You love money. There's agape love, that's love for mankind. Kingdom life requires one of these kinds of love. Only one. As a matter of fact, it's the same love that God loved us with when he sent his son. For God so loved the world, God so agopied the world, that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. So we pick it up in Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. And here's what Jesus said. But I say to you who hear. Imagine, put yourself in this audience now. This is like radical. It was radical to them and it's probably radical to a lot of people today too. I say to you who hear. Love your enemies. (laughs) Do good to those who hate you? Can you imagine people in the audience, what is he, crazy? They're thinking about the Romans. Oh, these Romans, they're our enemies. We hate them. And they don't like us. And maybe you're thinking, oh, there's somebody at work. I hate them. Or maybe you got a neighbor. I hate that neighbor. I don't like them. And then Jesus comes on the scene, spoils your party. But if you want to live in the kingdom, love your enemies. Oh, do good to those who hate you. And the word love, there it is, agape. It's not friendship love. You don't have to be their friend. But it's agape love, which is the same love that God loves us with. It's an unconditional love. It's love for mankind. And when Jesus said, love your enemies, enemies are those that are hostile to you. Anybody that's hostile could be considered an enemy. That's the guy that cut you off on the highway. That's the guy that goes too slow in front of you, or the one that goes too fast in back of you, or whatever it is. Wherever you go and you sense hostility, you would consider that person an enemy. And Jesus said, you know what you need to do? You want to live in the kingdom? Oh, okay. Do good to them. Wow. So, life in the kingdom requires love for all mankind. Even those that are hostile to you. And by the way, this is kingdom life on the earth. We're not talking about when we die and go to heaven. We're talking about right now. Because remember Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, that will be done. Jesus brought the kingdom. When he said the kingdom of God is in your midst, he was speaking about himself. And now he's gone. But the kingdom is here in his spirit. And it's in us. The kingdom of God is in you. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. The ancient wise men, they used to teach in the negative. Jewish rabbis would say, what is hateful to you, do not do to another. Isocrates, who was a a Greek orator, he would say, what things make you angry when you suffer them at the hands of others, do not do to other people. Confucius even said, what you do not want done to you, do not do to others. See, they all spoke in the negative, don't do those things. It's not difficult to not do something. It's not that difficult. But it's very difficult to go out of your way to do the positive thing. It's very difficult to love when you don't sense love. That's the difficult thing. This is why this is a supernatural kingdom you know what it also is? A backwards kingdom. Cause everything's backwards. We have to relearn how to live all over again. Maybe that's another reason Jesus said, you must be born again. Cause you know, when you're born, you have to learn how to live, right? When we're born again, we have to learn how to live all over again. Let me ask you, how you doing? How are you doing with living a completely different way than you did before salvation? Ooh, completely different. This is the supernatural kingdom. This is the backwards kingdom. Jesus even said some things that people kind of scratch their head at, like when you lend money to someone, don't charge them interest. He even said sometimes if you lend... Don't expect to get paid back. Wow. If they don't pay you back, so what? He said that. He said, give whatever people ask of you. Wow. Then he said one well, I'm sure the people really didn't like, and we don't like it much today either. Pay your taxes. <laughs> He's, and See, the Jews didn't want to pay their taxes. You know why? Because the money went to Roman temples and Roman gods. And Roman religion, and they don't want to support that. But you know what Jesus said? Pay your taxes. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Well, you know what? That still holds true today. Pay your taxes. It might not be fair. It might not be right. But you only cheat yourself when you cheat someone else. Because again, we're people of God. I'd rather be blessed. I'd rather be blessed by God and do the right thing than beat the system and miss out on God's blessing. It's amazing how we can, we can turn off the blessing of God or we can turn it on. It's up to us, the choices we make and the things that we do. So, remember, in the supernatural kingdom, we're living in a world far different from this one. The culture of this world is very contrary to the culture of the kingdom of God. We have to remember that. That's why we come to church every week, to be reminded, oh yeah, how do I live as a Christian? We're surrounded by people that live totally differently. Totally different. So we have to be faithful to church so we can learn how it is we are to live in God's kingdom. Secondly, in the supernatural kingdom, we build our lives on principles. And that's important. What is a principle? A principle is a foundational belief or a philosophy which governs a person's life. So what governs your life and my life are the beliefs that we have. And we all have different beliefs, even not so much belief. In, yeah, belief in God, but we're going to lay that aside. But we have personal beliefs as well. Personal beliefs on, you know, how we handle circumstances, problems, situations, people, things like that. So, you know, here's a philosophy. If I have a belief of loving God, I will live a yielded life. Loving God means my life is yielded over to God. My life is not my own. It belongs to him. And I am his servant. And he has blessed me with gifts and talents and abilities. For the purpose of kingdom growth. That's love for God. A yielded life. Then there's love for money. Somebody has that philosophy. Nothing else matters. Just money. That's all that matters to them. Nothing else matters but money. And that's the belief of many, many people. Then there's love for self. No one else matters. (laughs) People don't matter. When those that love themselves only, well, then they don't care about others. So these are all principles that people choose to live by. Those principles form our opinions. Which lead to our actions, which results in either good or bad. So where, how I end up as an individual at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of my life depends upon the principles that I lived according to, the beliefs that I hold true. How do I know what my beliefs are? Because they determine what I do. My beliefs are not what I think. They're what I do. So what I do is going to bring about particular actions when it's all said and done. So in the supernatural kingdom, we live in the principles established by God. Oh, not my principles. God has established his principles, his beliefs, his philosophy. And when I'm in the kingdom, I... Align myself with God's principles. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, and this is one of those verses that if we read it too quickly, it loses all of its value, all of its impact. I want to read it nice and slow. But examine everything carefully. Examine, think about it, carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. So what's Paul saying? He's saying, open your eyes, look, look at life, look at your life, look at what you're doing, look at what people are doing, look at the way the world is going. Examine it carefully. Then hold on to that which is good. And that little phrase hold on, you know what it means literally? Hold down. It's a wrestling term. It's a term that's used when two wrestlers are fighting and one pins the other one down and he holds him down. He's not gonna let him up. He holds them down to get the victory. Paul is using that. Hold on, that which is good. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. That's why when you come to church, I'm very thankful, but that's only half of it. You know what the other half is? Remember what you heard when you walk out. That's the other half. If you don't remember what you heard when the lights are shut off and the doors are locked and you go right back to where you were, He didn't hold down anything. The whole idea is to come to church and grab one of God's principles and say, that's it. I'm living by that principle. And that's going to bring a good outcome to my life. That's why we just can't read the scriptures. We have to examine carefully and align them with our lives. So what are we holding on to? That which is, oh, Good. What's good? Well, I'll tell you what's not good. My opinion. Your opinion. That's not good. God's opinion. That's what's good. God's principle. That's what's good. So we say, saying, look at the world around you. Look at yourself and the world. Now grab God's principle and hold on to it. And don't let go. And this is why. Maybe he's thinking back to Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, in chapter 55, verse 8, where God said through Isaiah, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. So God's principles are very different from our human principles. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God is saying, man, we don't think alike. But if you want a good result, think like me. If you want to live in my kingdom and be happy, think like me. Just like we said, if you go to a foreign land, you got to eat what they eat, speak the way they speak, dress the way they dress, drive the way they drive. So when we're in the kingdom of God, We line up with God's principles, God's culture, God's language, God's behaviors, God's laws. Same thing. We're in a kingdom. We're in God's kingdom. It's a supernatural kingdom. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, we're talking about building our lives. Remember, we're relearning how to live. Born again. So I have to learn how to live all over again. And by the way, it's a process. Never be guilty because you're not where maybe the preacher says you should be. We're all going at our own rate. As long as we know in our heart we're we're, we're doing the best we can, that we're striving, that we're trying, that, yes, I want God. I just want God in my life. So you know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.12? If any man builds on the foundation... With gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. So what he's saying is building is building your life. The foundation is what you build on. The foundation is Christ. So when we build our life, we can receive gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, or straw. We all get something for what we're building. We all get something. Some will get gold, silver, precious stones. Others will get wood, hay, straw. Why? Did I live in the kingdom? I was a Christian. But did, did I live according to the ways of the kingdom? That's the difference. But we all get something. We're all building a life, and we will all get something at the end so all of us here some will get some gold some silver some precious stones some will get some wood some will get some hay some will get sticks straw wait we're all in church we're all hearing the word of god how can that be how are you building your life how are you living in the kingdom that's all God does reward the faithful. He does. And my goal, my desire, my prayer as a pastor of this church and our online church is that when everybody stands before Jesus, that you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the master. I want you to hear that. That's why I preach these things. That's much more important than life down here. That's eternal. Forever. This is temporal. I want you to hear, well done. We are not competing. We're all working together. We're all working toward the same goal. That's the difference between the subtotal and the sum total. The subtotal is what you get down here. The sum total it's everything. It's what you get up there. Which one do you think you'll be satisfied with? Which total? The last thing I want to bring to you is life in the kingdom involves a mystery. The mystery of the kingdom. In Matthew 13, verse 10, the disciples came and they said to Jesus, Why do you speak in parables? And Jesus answered, To you it has been granted To know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven But to them It has not been granted You'd be like, oh I thought God wanted everybody saved He does But it's conditional Jesus spoke in parables The word parable is the word Para Bole Para means alongside Bole means to throw And we get the word ball to throw alongside. And what is a parable? It's a story that people understood in the natural with a spiritual truth thrown alongside. So if their heart was right, they would go beyond the natural and they would understand the spiritual. Like when Jesus told the parable of the sower, different kinds of hearers, He told the parable of the treasure hidden in the field, speaks about the value of finding Christ. The prodigal son speaks about God's forgiveness, the talents, the use of our spiritual gifts. And there are those because they wanted to know truth. They understood those parables. But then there were others. They just, yeah, okay, let's go hear Jesus. See what he's talking about today. Went right over their head. Or maybe they were super religious. Or whatever it was. The point is, everyone heard them, but not everybody understood them. And when Jesus speaks, even in church here, I wonder, does everybody get it? I have to say, in all honesty, I don't think everybody gets it. Because I watch. And I look. I'm watching you. Believe me, I'm watching you. You can watch me too. That's okay. But I watch. And I look, and I can tell who's hungry and who's not. Who's thirsty and who's not. I can tell. So there is a diff- And And those that are hungry, you know what? They're gonna get it. Oh yeah? They're gonna get it. And those that are not hungry, they'll just come and take up a seat. Do the same thing every week. There won't be much change. Not at all. When you're hungry, you change. Because you're feeding on the word of God. You have to have a hungry heart. Jesus said, oh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. That's the key. Here's the question to ask today. Am I hungry? Am I hungry for God? Am I hungry for God's word? Do I really want to know? Do I get satisfied? Do I get filled up when I spend time with God? Do I, do I sense something happening inside me when I sit in church? Do I feel change happening, things happening, God tapping me on the shoulder, redirecting me, turning my head, making me go in a different direction? Do I sense all those things? if you're hungry and thirsty for truth you will but if you're not you'll come and sit and that'll be it that'll be it there'll be no change there'll be wood hay and straw so this is kingdom life this is what it means once you say yes jesus i believe this is kingdom life oh let me ask you are you hungry Are you living the kingdom life? That's what this is all about. It's about living as God's people in God's kingdom here on the earth. And that's what makes us representatives of God, God, the body of Christ, the lights in a world of darkness. Now, we never get to finish these messages here on New Hope Radio. But again, I want to remind you, you can go to our YouTube channel, go to YouTube, click on New Hope Christian Church, that's in Swansea, Mass., and um, I'll tell you what, look for the little icon, it's a circle with a white cross in it, click on that, go to playlists, you'll find the supernatural kingdom, and we're talking about kingdom life today, that's the one kingdom life. That's worth listening to a couple of times. Because it really aligns us, as I said, with the principles of God. If you're going to live according to principles, let it be the principles of God. Take care, and I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.